Chris Kelsey here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First Run, Matt and I decided to deal with our personal trauma head on, metaphorically speaking, especially when we have to confront an evil entity that basically represents said trauma. It's been the chic thing to do, Matt, the last few years is to make a horror movie dealing with trauma. And we're going to talk about Smile and decide if maybe it's a little bit too on the nose this time. Then, of course, our Halloween marathon kicks off this year, and we're doing werewolves this time. So if you're a big fan of the uh, werewolves, now we won't be doing Howling 3, the marsupials, so I know we're probably going to break some hearts on that one. But we're going to kick things off with the OG, the Universal Classic, 1941's The Wolfman, featuring Lon Chaney Jr. as the titular wolfman who happens to be named Larry. Larry, the sexual predator wolfman. Not like Cyrus, or Dixon, or Fenris, or something. No, Larry. Yeah, those the 40s, right? So how does the old boy hold up after all these years? Do we have a Yeller situation on our hands? Yeller. Is that it, Yeller? Old Yeller? Old, old Yeller, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I should leave this all in. It's gold, gold, gold. <laughs> and of course, it'll be the big releases on physical media, featuring your streaming and straight DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to close out the big show by providing you some recommendations for your streaming pleasure. Obviously, focusing on horror picks for Halloween. So let's start everything off, though, with a clip from Smile. Hi. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me, but not a friendly smile. It's the worst smile I've ever seen in my life. And whenever I see it, I just get this god-awful feeling like something really terrible is going to happen. It told me that today's the day that I'm going to... Do you see it right now here? That sounds like a yes. I think I think she does see it, Matt, right right there. <laughs> what is Smile all about? Uh, well, you basically heard it. Um, so a Rose is a uh, clinical psychologist in a hospital, deals with uh, people at risk or in, in crisis. Uh, she has a young patient who says that she is being pursued by a, an entity only that she can see and is smiling horribly at her. Um you heard some bad stuff happens and then suddenly Rose is the victim of the entity as well as she desperately seeks for a way to save herself. I got to tell you, Matt, when I first watched the trailer for this movie, usually I try and avoid trailers. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was making the rounds on the interwebs and I watched this and I actually a few times that I can remember in the recent history where I kind of jumped out of my seat a little bit watching the trailer. There's one particular scene when she has a conf- uh, confrontational conversation with her sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, as that wraps up, it's kind of something something happens. I don't want to spoil it. But I did it like, oh, my God. Like, you know, watching the trailer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, excellent. This is going to be a nice little roller coaster ride. Uh, so first, that's my first question for you, Matt. Does it work? Is it a nice, fun horror roller coaster ride? We've had a f- few good ones the last couple yeah. of years, easily. And then in regards to my opening, We've been dealing with horror films being an exploration of trauma for mm-hmm. a few years now. Really a focus on it. And this one really kind of takes it head on. I almost feel like the writer-director Parker Finn is like, oh, you think horror movies are about trauma? Well, hold my beer type of situation, <laughs> right? So those are my questions for you. How does this rank with the recent slate of, I think, top-shelf horror we've been seeing? Mm-hmm. And... Is it a little too on the nose with that? Hmm. I think it's, I'll answer your second question first. I think it's, it's, I don't know if it's too on the nose, but it is more, I think maybe the, the kind of logical conclusion to these things. I think you may have said antlers was maybe too on the nose, but now Hmm. I think we're even past that at this point. So I don't know, maybe anything beyond what smile is giving to you, I think will be, uh, almost a parody of itself. This may be the nadir of what we can do here with trauma as horror movie kind of fodder. As Fair. far as is it, I think it's, it's solid. I mean, it's not earth shattering. It doesn't break any new grounds, but I had enough fun watching this. I mean, there are some creepy scenes. Um, there are some good jump scares. Uh, I, I had a good enough time. I mean, obviously we say on the show that, 
horror has a low bar to be, you know, good. I mean, it has a high bar to be great, but it has a low bar to be entertaining. And I think at least we cross that, that threshold where it's at least fun enough. Whereas I would probably add this to my collection if it was cheap enough or, you know, if it came on uh, late night TV, I would stop to watch it kind of thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I've already seen too that Smile's getting a 4K release, which oh. I'm, I am excited about. I think this is a fourteen ninety nine to seventeen ninety nine four K physical media purchase for me. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it a lot. Um, it still bothers me that like Pearl and X are still just Blu rays here. Yeah, and I feel like it's that same thing where I'm just gonna sit tight and wait because I really enjoyed Pearl. Yeah, and I think you know it made me enjoy X more, but still that Blu ray UHD thing is driving me nuts. Chris, focus. So, I think this thing is very well done, Matt. I think the, I think the key is Sosi Bacon, which is just a name that sounds preposterous to me, but she does exist. <laughs> that is her name, and I think she has a, a great performance here as Rose about this young woman who is dealing, I know, with her personal trauma. And you get it. I'm not going to spoil it for you because there is a reveal about what happens and why she is so tormented. I think it does a pretty good job of that. I still think it's, for me, it kind of hits a little too many of the Midsommar beats mm. with its kind of setup and how it plays out. And I think Aster does that a little more effectively in Midsommar than, than uh, Finn does here. But I still think there's enough here to keep you engaged and interested. I think that the scares and the mystery of what's happening are very well done. I think the spectral images of whatever it is, this entity that's haunting her, uh, when it does show up at times, is well done. I was a little concerned that it was going to wear a little thin, Mm -hmm. just having people interact with her and smiling, right? But I think it's creepy enough where it has that inevitable feeling to it like it follows does you know and i think it kind of it has it has it has similar story beats as it follows as well and that's kind of where i go back and forth on it is i think it borrows a little too much from better movies yeah but i still think it's it's very entertaining and scary i think it is well worth checking out i saw it in the dolby so it was nice and loud for me when the ghost or the entity kind of makes its appearance. I was worried at one point we may, we may not even get a reveal of the monster. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we finally do. And I think it is appropriately disturbing and mm-hmm. chilling. And I like the design. Um, yeah. No, I think there's a lot to enjoy here. It's a great Halloween little treat. And and. Another great entry in horror for the last year, two years here. It's been a great little run. Well, that's. I, I'm glad you liked it, Chris. I, I always enjoy when you enjoy the horror films. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's important to me. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple little points I want to make. There's a weird thing I've noticed lately is that in all the movies, everybody has like an iPhone 13 Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, with the three camera lenses on the back. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, like I do. And, uh, but she's got like a, see, you you too, (laughs) but she's got like a 12 or something or just an iPhone 13, not a pro. It's only got the two lenses, but it really has been jumping out. in like all the movies I watch lately, it's like everybody always has the most recent version of the iPhone, of course, which I'm assuming is some type of product placement. Yeah. And, uh, I think that Finn does a great job with the ambient effects in this film. There's this nice ambient weather effects and I think the score plays into it. It's not a traditional musical score it does a lot more it's kind of more of an ambient sound to it particularly the end credits yeah i don't know how long you stuck through but the end credits i'm gonna say air quotes of music was like right out of like a classic halloween sound effects music tape type thing you'd put on right right i thought that was really cool and um i like that i was concerned that the best scare was going to be the one from the trailer the one i talked about and it's not and in fact it almost feels a little muted. I don't know if it's because I saw it. I don't think it is. It doesn't play as scarily in the film as it does in the trailer. Right. I think like there's a different music cue, I think maybe why. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, though, like I said, I think this is really worth checking out, folks. I'm going to give Smile, Matt, a B+. Yeah. You know what? 
worlds apart as always, I'm going to give it a B. I think it's a good, solid horror film. And we need more there of those in our know. lives. We do. We absolutely do. Do you think... Um, I think it, it's... It doesn't build or set up... Well, I guess it does. Set up a sequel. Right? Would you be interested in a smile part two? Um, probably not. I mean, it, it's probably going to be the kind of thing that would suffer like a ring part two. Like, I don't think ring necessarily needed a sequel. Mm. Um, it's got kind of that same feel to it. So I think it's it's just kind of leave it where it is. And I think that's fine. You know what I didn't get or didn't appreciate or didn't think was terribly good is her fiance, Trevor. That whole mm. relationship dynamic between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Whenever he showed up, I desperately wanted him to get off screen or maybe have something <laughs> tragic happen to him. I don't mm-hmm. know. I was kind of hoping when she figures out how to relieve the curse, if you will, yeah. that he was going to be somewhat involved. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately not. Uh, sorry, Jesse Usher. I just, I wasn't feeling it, man. I was not feeling <laughs> you it. You weren't feeling the A-Train? The A-Train from the boys? Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, that's who that is. I gotta watch that show. I think I've watched one season and then I got halfway through the second season and then I, I got distracted by I'm assuming some shiny object. <laughs> so some movie that you've watched a dozen times and you had to watch one more time. Quite possibly. <laughs> Very quite possible. So all right, so we got B plus and B. Man, what a disparity. It is. You've got a chance to see Smile. It is uh playing in your local movie theater right now. Go check it out. It's Halloween. It's got some good scares. You're going to want to watch it, folks. If you've seen it, feedback at thefirstrun.com. Let us know what you thought about it. Matt, coming up on physical media this upcoming Tuesday, there is a 4K steel book for one of my favorite movies, a movie that I enjoy immensely. I wouldn't normally get steel books but this one looks pretty sharp and the fact that this movie is jumping from dvd right to 4k there's nary a blu-ray released in the united states but we're gonna go right to 4k and i couldn't be happier about it how you doing then all right are you now look squire you're the governor here i can see that i'm on your manor now so there's no need to get your niggas in a twist whatever this bollocks is that's going down between you and that slag valentine it's got nothing to do with me I couldn't care less, all right, mate? Let me explain you. When I was in prison, second time, uh, no, tell a lie, third stretch. Yeah, third, third. There was this screw what really had it in for me, and that geezer was top of my list. Two years after I got sprung, I sees him in Ola Park. He's sitting on a bench feeding bloody pigeons. There was no one about. I could have gone up behind him and snapped his fucking neck. Wallop. But I left him. I could have nobbled him, but I didn't. Because what I thought I wanted wasn't what I wanted. What I thought I was thinking about was something else. I didn't give a toss. It didn't matter, see? This burg on the bench wasn't worth my time. It meant sod all in the end. Because you've got to make a choice. When to do something and when to let it go. When it matters and when it don't. Bide your time. That's what prison teaches you, if nothing else. Bide your time and everything becomes clear. And you can act accordingly. There's one thing I don't understand. The thing I don't understand is every motherfucking word you're saying. The great Bill Duke and Terrence Stamp and Steven Soderbergh at, I think, his artistic greatest point in The Limey, the uh, wonderful little neo-noir British film where Stamp plays a guy whose daughter has disappeared, she's been killed, and he comes to the States to find out what happened to her. And uh, great little movie. I'm very excited to be picking this up in 4K. I pre-ordered it the day it showed up. And I think it's Steelbook's only on Best Buy. I think maybe at some point it may get a more general release. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for sure. And I didn't want to take a chance on the Limey. So yeah. I'll be getting... If you, you've seen the Limey, right? If I think I've asked you this every time it comes up. <laughs> I haven't seen the Limey, no. Uh, yeah, great, great little film. So there you go. What else is coming up, Matt, this upcoming Tuesday? Idris Elba fighting lions in Beast. Mm. Um, it's funny. There's a clip I was originally going to use for the show for that. But then when I was going through the list, I saw the Limey was coming out. So I had to jump to that one scene. It's one of my favorites <laughs> in the movies. 
But there's a scene where they're talking about, they're looking at the lions and they're off a little bit in the distance, but still, you know, within eating distance, I guess. Like, are we safe? And I'm like, now nah, you're all set. They just ate. <laughs> but I think like the lions are looking at them the whole time, like thinking, we're going to F these guys up. <laughs> I heard the beast is relatively entertaining. It includes a deleted scene, some making of featurettes and more. IFC is releasing Barbarians. Not Barbarian, the one we just discussed, Matt. This is just mm-hmm. Barbarians, plural. A dinner party in a country house that sees four friends come together for a birthday celebration. But as the night progresses, secrets emerge and unsettling events begin to unfold around them. Shudder and RLJ Entertainment are releasing The Twin, featuring Teresa Palmer. Following the aftermath of a tragic accident that claimed the life of one of their twins, Rachel and Anthony relocate to the side of the world with their surviving son. What begins as a time of healing in the quiet Scandinavian countryside soon takes an ominous turn when Rachel begins to unravel the torturous truth about her son and confronts the malicious forces that are trying to take a hold of him. Tiny Cinema? A mysterious stranger tells a twisted tale of seemingly unconnected strangers whose lives will change incredible and bizarre ways forever. Behind the scenes feature right on that one. A documentary on Leonard Cohen called Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song, featuring appearances by Leonard Cohen, Jeff Buckley, John Cale, Brandy Carlisle, Eric Church, Judy Collins, Bob Dylan, Glenn Hansard, Shin Robinson, Rufus Wainwright, and many others. It's basically a documentary about Cohen, but all focused on through the song uh, Hallelujah, covered by hundreds of people. <laughs> The Mortal Kombat universe expands with the latest animated feature, Snowblind. This one focuses, I guess, on Kano and Kenshi. New to Blu-ray, Criterion is releasing Arsenic and Old Lace. The classic film is coming with a 4K restoration, a new audio commentary, and a radio adaptation from 1952 starring Boris Karloff. That might be fun to listen to. Do you listen to old-timey radio stuff? I listen to some podcasts every now and then that are old-timey radio, especially the old horror ones. I do not, no. That's a mistake. Uh, what else is coming up? Paranormal Activity <laughs> is releasing a box set, the Ultimate Chills Collection. So it's got all of the Paranormal Activity movies, including the latest one that was on Paramount. I think it was Paramount. Okay. Uh, you get the theatrical and unrated cuts of all the movies, and 3D as well, deleted scenes, and more. Um, I'm not going to get this, man. I have the first four on Blu-ray, and I think I'm good. I've seen the others, though I haven't seen Next of Kin. That one I have not seen. Have you seen Next of Kin? I have that's not, the no. one on Paramount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point I'd like to check it out. That's, the, I think, the Mormon one. I'm not sure if they're Mormon, but it's like a <laughs> religious culty type thing. Not that Mormons are cults. And it's not Mormons, it's um, Quakers. What are the ones Qu- that don't use technology? Amish? Amish. Thank you. Yes. I think it's like an Amish thing. I'll get there. It's Catholics, <laughs> Buddhists, Taoists. I'll get there. So, Paranormal Activity. But it's Blu-ray, not 4K. Scorpion is releasing a bunch of stuff. The Night Visitor, about a student known for telling stories, witnesses a murder, the latest in a series of satanic killings of hookers. So, I mean, that I guess it would stand to reason they would be satanic. Brand new master of the film. They're also releasing Cold Heaven, featuring Teresa Russell, Mark Harmon, James Russo, Seymour Cassell, Will Patton, and Richard Bradford. Scorpion is releasing the snowboarding horror film Shredder. And Warner Archive is going to put out Mark of the Vampire. After Sir Carol Borton is found dead in his study, drained of his blood, Matt, the local doctor determines he was killed by a vampire. You watched Sweet Tooth, right? That show yeah, I did. I did that watch it, yeah. Pretty good, didn't you? Yeah, you enjoy I, I enjoyed it? it enough, yeah. Warner Archive is putting that out on Blu-ray. MVD is putting out the uh, 90s favorite, Disturbing Behavior. Includes an audio commentary by the director, David Nutter. Deleted scenes, an alternate ending, and more. Kino Lorber is putting out by candlelight. During a European train journey, a nobleman's butler, Joseph, is mistaken for his employer, Prince Alfred von Romer, by a beautiful woman, Marie. And he does nothing to stop her misunderstanding. A new K, excuse me, a new 4K restoration on that and an audio commentary. Kino's also putting out some other stuff. Murder at the Vanities with a 2K restoration. The Rucker Hauer cult classic. Uh, Blind Fury gets a brand new audio commentary as well. Mondo Macabre is putting out some new stuff. The Horrible Sexy Vampire, the story of Matt Howell. And, of course, The Other Side of the Mirror. 4K releases, Matt. 
Criterion is putting out a Blu-ray, but a 4K edition as well of David Lynch's Lost Highway. I will be picking that up at some point. Uh, includes a Pretty as a Picture, The Art of David Lynch, which is a feature-length 1997 documentary. And uh, reading by Lynch and critic Christine McKinney of excerpts from their 2018 book, Room to Dream and more. Universal Classic Monsters Icons of Horror Volume 2, Matt, is being released in digital book. I got the first one, which mm-hmm. is how I watched The Wolfman. The Wolf? But, uh, the, the first one had Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, and I did this last week, too. Invisible Man? Invisible Man. Thank you. This one is The Mummy, Bride of Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera, and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Now, includes documentaries, comments, basically all the original um, legacy features on the previous Blu-ray releases will be included in this one. And they're also getting indie releases of the first box set. So if you don't want to own the whole set, you can now be able to individually buy Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, and Wolfman. Now, I won't be getting Volume 2 because no. I'm not that big a fan of the Creature from the Black Lagoon, nor do I really care for Phantom of the Opera. Hmm. But I will say The Mummy may be my favorite out of all of them. Okay. And I do like I do love Bride of Frankenstein. So I'll have to wait a year or two for the individual 4K releases on those. Are you, are you a Universal Monsters fan? Do you have any of them? Not really. And what's funny is I remember the one that I liked the most as a kid was Creature from the Black Lagoon. But yeah. I, I didn't really care for most of them, to be quite honest with you. I was too sophisticated, Chris. Clearly. <laughs> what else is coming up? The Kill a Mockingbird. The cinematic classic. It's a 4K restoration. And a brand new uh, documentary on the film. Conversation with Gregory Peck. Some Academy Awards stuff. And more. Full Moon Features, Matt, is getting into the 4K game. Mm. They're actually releasing a UHD of Trancers. The uh, movie featuring Jack Death, played by Tim Thomerson. <laughs> one of their first big films. I, we'll see if this sticks. I'm real, I mean, listen, a Full Moon Features is putting out 4K discs. If you're a studio and you're not putting anything on 4K, it's it's time. <laughs> also coming up, the score, the De Niro Edward Norton film, Indecent Proposal, being released in 4K as well. And we talked about the line. You met your straight to DVD pick of the week. I'm going to go with Squeal. Lost in a remotest part of Eastern Europe, Matt, Sam is a foreigner searching for his biological father, Lexidens, where a minor road accident leads to a chance meeting with a pig farmer's daughter who captures him. Making of a slave on the farm. The tagline, why I chose this, Matt, was the tagline. Are you ready? This little piggy should have stayed home. Oh, that's genius. Lovely. <laughs> what should we be streaming this week? So, since we're going to do a breakdown of horror films, I decided to forego any horror films because there's going to be a lot of recommendations coming up. So, I'm going to recommend two lesser-known comedies, lesser-appreciated comedies, I should say. Um, the Lonely Islands... Uh, Second outing of of uh, attempting a a feature film, pop star, never stop, never stopping is available on HBO Max. A film that was criminally underseen. Mm. Uh, it is a it is a delight. It is hilarious, and it is uh, something that is real well worth your time. Um, if in the same kind of vein as one of Adam Sandler's, you know, whatever his uh, group is called, um, Grandma's Boy. Doesn't star Sandler in it at all about a guy who is basically living with his grandma well into his 30s. It's available on Hulu, and it is quite, quite funny. Isn't that guy like a big a-hole, the one that starred in that one? You mean in real life? Yeah. I know nothing about him, so but that wouldn't surprise me at all. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... um. Holy cow. I just blanked on <laughs> what was the first movie you recommended. Popstar. Never oh, Popstar. Thank you. Yeah, I bought that for like five bucks on iTunes a while back. It is yeah. great. It is absolutely hilarious. It was, and I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of his at all mm. prior to seeing that. But I think we did yeah. it for the show. Yeah, and um, it tickled my funny bone. It is good. It's very so, good. Those are good picks, Matt. All right, I guess we're uh, ready to move on. Or is there yeah, I think there's one more thing treat? we got to cover. There's one treat? more cover thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put some sounds on. There's a bad atmosphere in here. Why won't she be mine? I wish I was more attractive like Douglas. Still, one can only dream. I'm a one-track 
Open the door. Open the door, Sanch. Sanch. Sorry, Sanch. Do you have a Bad dream. How dare you? Sorry, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm on a separate track. You can just you can cut that out if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, folks. We're at the end of Matt's viewing odyssey that is garth Marenghi's dark place the creeping moss from the shores of shagath mm-hmm. which gives us possibly one of the greatest things from that show mm-hmm. one track lover you know there is a full three minute version of that song that has Fantastic. further breakdowns by Fantastic. uh okay. which he starts singing about front door and back door and is hilarious <laughs> and maybe if you stick through to the end of the stinger you'll hear it okay so fantastic Matt, what are your thoughts on the final episode? And I want to get your general thoughts on the series. Go ahead. Um, so I think this is the strongest episodes that I saw. Um, not, I mean, maybe elevated just by that wonderful song we just heard. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, Daglas is, he falls in love with a woman who's infected by a moss and starts, or I mean, a, like a, Start gets infected and turn starts turning into broccoli for some reason, and but I think this is all Sanchez also- does not. Oh, bag. well. So I'll be. I'll admit I watched it over a week ago. I meant to watch it again before the show, so I forgot. There's also this is also the episode where Sons there is of bitches <laughs> where there where we find out that Dag's son was a grasshopper. Is that is that correct? Is that this not show? In this, is this episode? episode? No. Oh, see, I'm just messing it what all the up. Hell, man. Uh, well. I- I I got excited. I wanted to keep watching it. So how did I? Ha- how did you expect me to sit on it for a week? I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. So Sanchez first he wants to he wants to date Liz, but she <laughs> gives him the cold shoulder, which is brilliant in that one scene. And then he meets the patient. He they fall in love, but mm. Dag has to boil her in order to prevent the broccoli from spreading to other people. And they have to cut Sanchez's dingling off because that's one of the, my favorite lines part in the whole show to say that if basically something if she transfers it to him the whole countryside will have it within like a week because he just <laughs> sleeps with like everybody you know ah. folks this is this is my first go through watching the show and chris is talking about it as the nerd who's watched it like a hundred times like he's mm-hmm, watched mm-hmm. it so many times that he can literally recite the whole thing it, it's every time I watch it, Matt, I am L M F A O over and over again. I've seen <laughs> this show probably all the way through six or seven times now. Nerd. And I, I rewatched it with you. In fact, I watched today, this episode today prior to mm. our recording earlier. And uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. So overall, do you get my affection? Is this something you yeah. would revisit? Yeah, it would. I think you're right. I think. This is does have a, an Anchorman vibe where it seems like it's something that the more you watch it, the more you're going to appreciate it. Like, I think it's going to hit harder on repeat viewings. That's very good. So what would you give this episode? What's the score? And then I want to score for the whole series. I'm going to give this episode an A. Um, and I think, you know what? I'm going to give it, I'm going to give the whole series an A, even though, because I really enjoyed my time watching it and I wish mm-hmm. there was more of it. And I feel like I'm going to have to watch it again, and I want to see what else these guys have done. Okay. Is that, is that acceptable to you? Yeah. Now that'll work for me. That's fine. <laughs> now, can I ask you something, Chris? 
Okay. Can I can I steal the spotlight here a little bit? Please. Did you did you watch Blonde? No, I have not. No, oh, okay. Guys. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> well, hold on. I want to do it for the show. I want to try and watch. Oh it well, weekend, I was looking maybe. at the list and it's not on there anywhere. So I, I didn't know if you would ab- if you abandon it at all. No, I just looking at everything coming up. I was going to talk to you after we were done recording to see what you thought about. Because I know you have seen it mm-hmm. to try and work it in. Because next week is we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Amsterdam's in the theater, but we're definitely going to discuss Hellraiser too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, but I definitely I'm going to watch it. I can't wait for it's like what two and a half hours and it's two hours and forty seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah, great times. <laughs> I like that you watched it even though you weren't supposed to, not supposed to, but it hadn't been lined up yet. Well, so the last time I checked the it. last time I checked the list, it said blonde slash you know smile. So I thought we were doing like a super ah. episode. So I, I watched it. Yeah, I had the little hurricane kind mm-hmm. of. I a little bit I of apologize. Yeah, I understand. It's okay. I'll, I forgive you. But you're really missing out watching. I mean. I'm going to watch it. God, I wish I could just. Uh, God, I okay. I'll stop. I, I just There's so much I want to say about it. But it's, it's just it's nuts. Well, man. good. That'll be. It's a nice teaser, Matt. That's good. Let's, let's, let's move on. And <laughs> let's spend some time with our old buddy, Larry. Good afternoon, sir. May I help you? Why, yes, sir. I'm looking for a gift, something in earrings. Certainly. We have some very nice ones. There's these uh, diamond ones. They're very smart. Uh, How about these pearl ones? No, I don't think any of those will do. What I'm really looking for is uh, something half-moon-shaped with spangles on it, golden. Oh, I'm sorry. We haven't any like that just now. Oh, yes, you have. Don't you remember? On your dressing table up in your room. In my room? Yes. Would you mind getting them for me? Well, were they not for sale? Well, I can't say that I blame you. They look so well on you. Well, uh, perhaps my father can help you. I'll call him. No, no, that won't be necessary. As uh, long as I can't have the earrings, perhaps I'll buy a cane, huh? Tell me, how did you know about the earrings in my room? Oh, I'm psychic. Every time I see a beautiful girl, I know all about her. Just like that. Man, what a player this guy is. Spying on this woman in a room and just <laughs> relentlessly pursuing her. He eventually mm-hmm. does kind of get the girl, right? But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she doesn't seem that interested in the beginning. And I'm not talking legit like air quotes playing hard to get type of a thing. I mean, she's got a guy. Yeah. So she's engaged. And I think so. And Larry's yeah. like, Lon Chaney Jr.'s like, I don't care. I get what I want. <laughs> it's like the Andrew Tate of Wolfman. Sure. It's 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 weird watching it because in today, out of everything, today's sensibilities, like he's a creep in the movie. He really yeah. is. But I mean, would you say he's a wolf? Is he? Is it like oh. a? Is it a metaphor that he's uh, that he's prowling around for people? That's why he becomes the Wolfman. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Whoa, look at you. I didn't even think of it that way. That is some deep, deep meta commentary by uh, George Wagner here in this film. That is, uh, <laughs> I did not even think of that. I'm just thinking Lon Chaney creep, man. But you're mm. all aspects of the wolf, man. There you go. <laughs> That's some deep stuff right there. That, I, I got it. I'm impressed. Shit. Clearly, I'm leaning too heavily on the drop since I have them all back now. Uh, well, I appreciate it. We missed it. We missed it. Yeah, I'm sure. So, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. That is funny. So, yeah, no, no. And I like, too, that I think Claude Rains, I want to do this here. What is the math on this? So, Claude Rains, all right. So, let's let's reset, Chris. I'm getting ahead of myself again. So Lon Chaney Jr. plays Larry Talbot, and he's brought back home to his family's posh estate where the lord of the manor, they're kind of in charge of this little village, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in Wales. And the eldest son has passed. So he is the youngest son. He's brought back to kind of take over the duties. And which weird is that nobody ever seems really overly upset about the death of their brother. It's kind right. of just like, let's right. move on. We only got about 70 minutes here, which is a nice thing. All right, yeah, this thing's... 
would not classify, I think, as a movie nowadays if it was released. No. But he comes back, and Claude Rains, which, of course, has his English accent. Lon Chaney lost his at some point when he was... He's been gone for 18 years. What do you want? That's true. He's been gallivanting, uh, living the, the bachelor playboy lifestyle. He's brought back home to take over the duties of the eldest son. And... There is a group of, and I think this is a slur now, gypsies, mm-hmm. um, going through the village. Of course, the head one played by Bela Lugosi. And Bela Lugosi, Matt, turns out to be a werewolf. Spoilers. And attacks uh, somebody. Lon Chaney, uh, Larry, breaks it up, but gets bitten by the damn werewolf. And we all know what that means. Yeah. Rabies. So he becomes the wolf man. And now he's taxed people in the countryside. They're all coming to hunt down and kill the new wolf and blah, blah, blah. You know the story. So, Matt, this is a classic film, right? That's what they tell me. Uh, One of the great universal monsters, though you not being a fan. What were your thoughts on The Wolf Man? Would you, uh, is it a classic movie or is it more, it's a classic defined by its time? I mean, granted, I guess everything, you have to kind of take that little bit of perspective in it. Sure. But... How did the Wolfman play out for you? Yeah, it's definitely not timeless. Let's just get that out of the way. It is very of its time. Um, I think it, it was interesting that Chris, out of all the things he could have picked for to to bring you into this film, like you know the famous poem that's recited like four or five times about a mm-hmm. man pure of heart and all that kind of stuff, or you know him talking to Bella Lugosi's mother, he picks out the thing where he's being a creep to the lady in the antique shop. That's what he goes with. Uh, because, and, it, well, Matt, the movie's 70 minutes long. I think 20 yeah. minutes of it are him basically oh, I, I, stalking this young woman. I, I understand that. Because he's a wolf. He Man. shows up. He shows up for a date, and he gets disappointed that she's bringing along a friend, a doomed friend, but a friend nonetheless. You, you would think. <laughs> I think eventually he kind of figures out. Well, maybe this is. This could be an opportunity for me. The Anki Panky. <laughs> right. He is the wolf. Man. He is. He is a wolf man. I get it. I mean, honestly, the best things about this film, really, for me, are a the kind of universal forest lot that became so like famous and like iconic you know when they're running Mm -hmm. around looking for the wolfman and then of course i think for its time you know the transformation scenes i mean obviously we have seen a lot since then as far as transformations go but i think it for the time it was it was you know very uh kind of mind-blowing for audience of the day I don't know. I mean, there's a couple incongruities with this. Like, why is Bella Lugosi's werewolf like an actual wolf, whereas wolf, you know, Lon Chaney is a a wolf man? Evolution. Eventually, he will turn into a because dog. he's American. I guess. Why are there so many Americans in Wales? Why does why are there so many with so few English accents around? And I think Lon Chaney is not a particularly good actor. Um, he tries to come off as this kind of a devil may care flippant american guy and it just comes off as amateurish a little bit to me well, um, it was weren't a lot of performances back then a little more outsized though a little larger than life type of a thing yeah i mean but i guess well reigns isn't his yeah claude reigns is fine is, yeah. yeah i mean claude reigns is fine bella lugosi for his tiny little part is fine it's yeah, just yeah. that lon cheney seems really out of place it's almost like nepotism at its finest which is i'm sure why he got the role in the first place I don't know. I didn't love it, Chris. I'm going to come right out and say it. I didn't love it. I appreciate it for what it is, but it didn't smack me as being, man, that's awesome. I need to go buy a Universal Monster set. So I do too. I think I was like, what are the 10 years difference between Reigns and Chaney? Mm-hmm. And it's, no, it's 17. So it's okay. possible. It, it could have worked. Yeah. It's possible. But uh, another thing too, I didn't realize too, that I was putting my notes together. You know, when this movie was released? When? December 12th. 1941 oh wow wow that's crazy five days later (laughs) (laughs) so the pearl harbor then the wolf man yeah so there you go there you go listen i it's we i I don't know it's funny that the thing that stuck out to me most was that the larry it was larry the wolf man is more of a creepy stalker Uh, but he just wants to party that's basically all he wants and I will say that the montage, the dream montage, mm-hmm. I think that whips yeah. all kinds of ass. I think that was really well done. I enjoyed the heck out of that. I think I must have imagined this. Maybe it's in a later movie where you get the transition mm-hmm. 
of the face shot of the transition yeah. of yeah. him from Larry into the Wolfman, but it doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah, it goes the other way. It goes from Wolfman to Larry. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe it just switched at one point or whatever I'd seen is from a later film where they the that scene had been just reversed when I had seen it. Who knows? Ralph Bellamy shows up as Colonel Paul Monford because I'm watching this movie and I'm like, why do I know that guy? Why do I know who that is? And it was driving me crazy. And he's one of the old guys from um, Trading Places. Oh, really? Yeah. The uh, Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah, I was like, "Wait a minute, that's uh, Randolph Duke from Trading <laughs> oh, wow. Places." Wow! So I found that quite enjoyable. I'm like, well, "I know that voice, but I couldn't place it. It took me forever." So uh, I don't know, Matt. I I'm surprised too that the overall lack of werewolf that there mm-hmm. is in the Wolfman. Yeah, he doesn't really become the Wolfman until like the last what 15 minutes of the movie. Right. So it's fine. It's it's really just fine. It's a nice little homage. I like, like you said, the set piece of the woods was nice. I Again, I loved the montage when he's having that kind of dream sequence thing. I thought that was cool. Uh, it just kind of sputters along. It and uh, it's And then again, it's weird how it feels long for a 70-minute movie. It does. Thank you. It felt way longer than 70 minutes. So I've been hovering between a C plus and a B minus. Um, because I still I appreciate it for its charms, for what it was. It's 1941, you know? Yeah. I imagine people getting scared out of their pants on this one. Right. Filling their dipe dipes. And, but not <laughs> in... Uh, this thing is so tame. I think, it's, I think it would be rated G. I don't think it even has a rating uh, today. But I'm sure back in 41, after you know we were viciously well, attacked by the Japanese just five days earlier, yeah. that people would be... <laughs> <laughs> freaked out by this when was frankenstein released 1939 where the Something famous like beginning the the famous beginning of this movie is very scary as it's very frightening the guy who comes out and gives the the disclaimer at the beginning so i yeah. i don't know of the ones i've seen of these universal monsters this one's pretty weak i mean frankenstein still holds up in a way and so does dracula but not this it's not that good Maybe it's just because I'm just so harsh on werewolf movies, you know? I want them to be good. They're my favorite monster. Oh, that might be what it is. Yeah, I don't mm. really have an affection for werewolves mm. you know, either way. So I don't, it doesn't bother me either way. So I guess I'll, go, I'll stick with my C. What about you? What are you going to give? Yeah, I'm going to give it a C, too. And the plus is just for the kind of legacy and what it represents, I guess. But that's about all I can give it. Fair enough. Uh, Wolfman is. I don't know. Is it streaming anywhere? I don't even know. I because I have my box. It was on set. Peacock. Okay, yeah. I guess that makes sense. NBC Universal. Yeah. So they're probably all on there. Great. You can watch it on Peacock and uh, or like you said, I have my 4K set. It'll look nice. Uh, nice presentation on my television. The 4K transfer, a nice grain, everything. It looks sharp. Look good. Good. So, yeah. Have you seen the Wolfman? What are your thoughts? Just an email feedback at thefirstrun.com. All right, Matt, let's close out the show. We're going to spend about, I don't know, 20 minutes and a half hour talking about how FDR knew the Japanese <laughs> were going to attack and he let it happen so he could drag the United States into World War II. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to go ahead and share with you five streaming picks that you can watch on this haunted Halloween season. Here's one that didn't make the cut, Matt, for me. I don't know if it's going to make the cut for you, but we've talked about it so much. I felt like it didn't need to be a pick, but we, I wanted to give it its due. Okay. Jay? You awake? I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm not going to hurt you. Don't worry. You're not going to believe me, but I need you to remember what I'm saying, okay? This thing, it's going to follow you. It's 
Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Not cool, bro. Not cool. <laughs> that, of course, is 2014's It Follows from David Robert Mitchell, a uh, favorite of the it show. Is. If we were to have a vault or whatever the case may be, a pantheon of first-run films, I think the It Follows would definitely be in it. Yeah, I think that's true. If we did like a wordle or something like that of movies we've <laughs> talked about the most, it would probably it would be fairly large. Absolutely. Uh, you can watch It Follows on Netflix right now. Yeah. So check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I was struggling with this list because I was trying to think of just like why you didn't include It Follows. Is we've talked about a lot of these films many times because we are big fans of them. I So I guess we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see what we come up with this list, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, do you want to go first? I think yeah, I went first. I do want to go first. All right. So lesser known, I went with a film that we watched for the show last year. I think Saint Maud is available on Prime. It's about a. Uh, how would you describe this film, Chris? It's about a a very devout woman um, who is all about uh, self flagellation um, and her visions and uh, just a a healthy dose of christian theological horror um it's quite good and it's got a a wild ending that will stick with you i still think about it every now whenever i think of that movie that's the first thing that pops in my head is the ending of that film and there's yeah. but there's enough in there to keep you on the edge of your seat the entire time the mystery mm -hmm. of what's happening if it's happening when she's caring for that sick woman there's that one oh yeah, no, that is a great pick. It's an honorable mention for me, absolutely. Uh, my number five just appeared on Shudder, I think, okay. a week ago. And I have not seen this film in... When did it come out? It's in the 90s, right? Oh, no, uh, 2003, excuse me. Is uh, Lucky McKee's May. Have you ever seen May? I have not, no. May is uh it's about a, a young woman who had a troubled childhood she kind of got picked on a lot she had a lazy eye and she never had a lot of friends and she has trouble meeting people so she eventually meets a guy who shows her a movie um about two kind of like a boyfriend girlfriend who indulge in a light cannibalism <laughs> and she becomes enamored with the concept and then she decides to make like a doll or a companion mm. out of people. Okay. And it is a very disturbing little, not just psychological thriller, but some really disturbing kind of images in it. And it really is stuck with me. And I have, it's not really available. I think it's, you can track down copies of it on DVD, but it's really hard to find. I think super expensive mm. and it dropped on shutter like a week ago. So if you have not seen may, you're in for a disturbing little treat. So uh, check it out. Awesome. Um, all right. So then my number four then is a film that I like more than Chris does. Although I think he thinks it's okay. It's the American adaption of uh, Let the Right One In, Let Me mm -hmm. In. It's available on Hulu. The retelling of the story based in New Mexico instead of Sweden I honestly think that Cody Smith McPhee and Chloe Grace Moretz bring something a little different to the the proceedings, and it's well worth your time. Insofar as it's a different take on the source material, and it has a different kind of feel to it. it not to diminish anything from the first one, but it is it is quite good. It's available on Hulu, and believe it or not, Chris, we were making fun of Showtime the other day. Uh, Showtime is actually releasing a series based on Let the Right One In, so I'm going to be checking it out in the next week or two. Ooh, mm -hmm. very nice. That Del Toro anthology show is coming up like in two weeks, right? Or is a it? week. Oh, okay. What's yeah, it called? I, got it. I don't remember. Oh, I know it's like a horror anthology that he produced. Okay. So. My number four, another film that is very rare and has not been seen, is not available on physical media, I think, since I think only in VHS. Mm. And the director, it's one of his first films, and he hates it. It's a little horror film called The Keep by Michael Mann. <laughs> and it is very odd, but very interesting and has a really, I think, great kind of monster design. I don't want to spoil it for you. I think you need to kind of go into it as cold as possible. But I think it's much more effective than I think man thinks it is. 
it has some issues with the film. It's a little amateurish, I think, at times. But I've always kind of been a fan of The Keep and how it's kind of has this weird kind of vibe to it. And it's on the Criterion channel. They're having yeah. a great little 80s horror marathon right now. They have a lot of 80s horror films. I've just actually started watching Near Dark last night, which is a film oh. I've never seen. You've never seen so, it? Wow. No. Wow, so I'm, I'm about halfway through it. But I'm going to be checking out The Keep as well. I remember, I think I watched it on HBO like 20 years ago and thought it was really interesting. So yeah. I think it's, it's uh, what is it, The Gollum? I think it's basically what it's based on, The Legend of the mm-hmm. Gollum. So uh, have you ever seen The Keep? Yeah, God, it's been a long, long time. It's one of those VHS movies that I can vividly see the the cover, cover. in my mind's eye. But I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I have seen it. It's an interesting pick, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So that's anyway, I, I like just all these little gems that are just appearing on streaming. So that's one of the good things about having so many services they complain a lot about yeah. having too many yeah. but then they got to start to dig deep for content and then you're right. going to see may on shutter you're going to see the keep on criterion which is like i think the only place you can see it yeah so check it out folks all right all right so number three is another film that we did for the show um his house it's available on netflix it's mm. about a um, refugees fleeing to the uk from south sudan um and they are bringing along quite literally the ghosts of their pasts along with them um it's a really creepy kind of tale of well trauma like we talked about earlier it wrapped up in a haunted house ghost story it is quite good it's quite effective and it is a bit of a gut punch as, uh, as things are revealed and it's pretty scary too I, yeah, no, I was really impressed by that film the first time when we watched it for the show. I was not anticipating it to be as good as it was, honestly. So my number three then, this is on HBO Max. I wa- when did I watch this? I think I saw it, Real Artways, I think. Mm-hmm. They're doing a horror marathon years and years ago, back when I was still in Connecticut. And this was one of the trippiest, most fun horror films i can remember and it's nobikiyoki's obashami's i'm screwing that it's obayashi excuse me uh 1977 film Hausu or house Mm -hmm. which is just a crazy japanese horror (laughs) film about a bunch of schoolgirls. what is it they go to visit the um the aunt of one of the kids yeah and it's basically she's it's like a haunted house she's a witch there's a possessed weird cat and yeah. it's basically, if you've seen the cover or anything, it's it's the big orange cat with the crazy eyes and the big grin. Yeah. And I fell in love with just how off the wall bizarre it is. It's, it's funny, like hilariously funny, but just, it's like a weird, trippy little horror film that I absolutely adore. Criterion put it out on Blu-ray a while ago too, and I instantly bought it because I love the film so much, so... House or Hausu uh, is currently on HBO Max. And if you want just some bizarre, you need a break from the Hellraisers and all the really <laughs> disturbing stuff, watch House and you will have a blast. Yeah, Chris is really underselling it. House is weird as F. They are, it is a <laughs> weird freaking movie, man. My roommate, when that came out, was like, Oh man, this Japanese movie is coming out. It's going to be great. Let's go see it. And I was like, half, like within 15 minutes of watching, I was like, what the F is going on? Like, what is this kind of thing? It is, it is a, it is a real trip and it really (laughs) will separate uh, what you're into. You'll know whether you're into this kind of thing or not while you're watching House. Um, Yeah, you know what? I haven't watched it in years. I'm going to, I'm going to pull open that Blu ray this month. I'm going to, yeah, you're going to pull that bad boy down. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of a, a break, if you what about something that's maybe a little more lighthearted? Um, so I think Chris and I were again. This is a, a a film we did for the show many many years back, and it is a lot more fun than we thought it had any right to be. And it's the remake of Fright Night, and I think really uh, Colin Farrell chewing up the scenery as the vampire Jerry that lives next door and all of his kind of sexy menace kind of thing he's got going on, along with Imogen Poots and David Tennant. Uh, everything about it is just a lot of fun. It is a, it's a turn scary and gory, but at the, at the center of it, it's always kind of it's always fun and i i think that's there's a place for that in horror films and it's available on oh two places hulu or amazon prime so take your pick yeah i own uh the 2011 fright night i love that film just colin farrell is just brilliant and just 
I'm going to use this term very seriously. He's delicious. <laughs> he really is just a blast to watch. Uh, I'm still going to be getting the new, the, the, actually the new, the 4K of the original film. Okay. I don't think I've owned that anything but VHS. Okay. If ever, actually. Yeah. But it's only Steelbook now, and I'm, I don't truck with no Steelbooks. So. You don't get down with that? No. no. I mean, I got the line you coming up. They did announce Highlander. Oh. And the Steelbook for the States. And the Steelbook actually looks pretty nice. nice. But I, I just don't care for it as a format. So I'll be waiting for that to get traditional 4K release, the original. But I do own Fright Night 2011. And yeah, I, I love it. So my number two then, Matt, is the only anthology film on my list. And probably my favorite anthology horror film. And that is Mario Bava's Black Sabbath. Uh, it's... Uh, a really disturbing, I think at times terrifying film. There's one segment in particular about the older woman in the bed who's ill and who may or may not be dead. And the makeup on that is like, it gives me chills to this day when I think about it. You just, mm. you watch that one segment, at least that one. But the whole thing is great. But you got to watch the Italian version, not the API version not the u.s version because the u.s version cuts down the violence cuts down on the gore also cuts down on some of the more adult themes there's like a there is a uh, lesbian undercurrent in one of them as well i think it's that same one that's totally excised from the u.s version so you gotta watch the italian but it's my favorite horror anthology i don't want to talk too much about it because i think you gotta go in like with the keep to as cold as possible to really enjoy it but it is if you like horror anthologies, I think this is the granddaddy of them all, and it's currently available on Shutter. Just make sure you watch the Italian version. So I always get that one confused with the other one called Black Sunday. Now, which is the one where the person... Black Sunday is the one with Barbara Steele, where she's the witch. They think, and she's like burned. At but the it's state. also an anthology, right? I don't think it is i have not watched black sunday in probably 30 years so i could i can't remember God, I swore it's i thought it had like boris karloff in it and like there was a thing about a segment about somebody stole some uh you know the the coins off of a dead person's eyes um yeah you're thinking anyway. i think you're thinking of black sabbath then okay all right maybe that is what i'm thinking of yeah but I, but that that I film I remember my dad telling me about that when I was a kid, so I had to go seek it out and watch it because it said it scared the hell out of him. And it scared the hell out of me when I was way too young to be watching it. All right, so I know I talk about this movie a lot. I mean, the problem is I'm looking at my list, and I was trying to pick out things that I really enjoyed. So a lot of them are things we've mentioned a lot. But I'm going to mention, I'm going to throw out my film in there that out of all of these is one of the ones that honestly makes my skin crawl and it is not because of the monsters at the end but it's the tight spaces of these foolhardy women going into the unknown and just a recipe for death and i'm just saying what the hell are you doing throughout the entire thing i'm talking about the descent where a group of friends decide that they're going to have a girls get together where they do something extreme and one of them leads them into a cave that is not explored it doesn't tell the rest of them where they get trapped and they decide that the only thing they can do is push forward and there's something in the dark that is stalking them so good like i said it makes my skin crawl while they're trying to like force their way through those tiny little caverns and stuff it is disgusting watching that if you have claustrophobia at all you will hate this film and love it at the same time um, it's available on Prime and Shutter for your viewing pleasure. Yeah, Neil Marshall's masterpiece. It's the best thing he's ever done, mm. and it is terrifying. It's on my list as an honorable mention. Absolutely, it was in my top five for a while, but I wanted to give some love to some stuff that people may not have seen. But uh, no, that's a great pick. I like. The, I think the sequel's pretty good too. Yeah, I don't it's know if bad. you've seen the sequel. It's not bad. So, what version do you like ending wise? I like the oh, European the version, the downbeat version. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I remember, our, I think I saw this with my buddy Terry in the theater, and we were, we walked out, and we were like, holy crap, that is terrifying. <laughs> so my number one, then, is Kim Ji-Woon's uh, I Saw the Devil, mm. which is currently available on Hulu. There is a school bus driver, and he encounters a young pregnant woman and offers to fix her flat tire, Matt, and kidnaps her mm. and dismembers her. Mm-hmm. And... 
her um is he her fiance i can't remember but he's basically a cop and he becomes obsessed with finding out what happened to her hunting down the killer and this movie matt it's long all right it's like what two hour two and a half hours long i think it is yeah 220 and it's not just the violence in the gore and, and how unsettling it is and there's this weird left turn it takes to when he encounters this what a cannibal group in this cabin as well right but one of the most disturbing things about this film is just how how beautiful it is in in all of its horror it has some gorgeous shots that one scene i can't remember it now it's in the snow and then there's the blood flowing down it's just really some memorable cinematography in this thing while your your skin crawls and you're on the edge of your seat, you're terrified, you're disgusted, and you're like, "That's beautiful." You know, it's it's such a bizarre film. It is, but it is incredible. So, I saw the devil is my number one. It's currently available on Hulu. So, I'm sure you have quite a list of uh, mentions. I tried to limit it a month, a bit. Maybe I'll tease some out through the rest of the month. I don't know. But you mentioned St. Maud and Fright Night were on my list. We opened with It Follows. Netflix has Julia Ducournau's first film, Raw, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Um, HBO Max also has Haxen, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about um, like witches and warlocks and supernatural forces, which is really cool and really disturbing. It's a silent. There's a silent version, and there's one that has a, a Philip Glass score to mm-hmm. it. Um, as well, I think both are excellent. And then Criterion has uh, Basket Case, oh. which is one of my favorite kind of B horror films yeah. from the was it late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it. What about you? Well, Netflix has uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which I think is a a rock solid PG thirteen horror film that's not gory, mm. but it is scary as all hell. Uh, way more scary than it has any right to be. Prime has Hellraiser. Get prepared for the new one coming up by watching the original. Part two's on there too, and I like. I think part yeah, two's not, bad, not as strong, but it's pretty. But it's, it's, it's decent. Good. Neon Demon is also on Prime. I hesitate to call yes. it a horror movie, but it is really weird, and it really will stick with you, and it is disturbing as all hell. Oculus, which we've talked about quite a bit, is available on Hulu. A you wouldn't think a film about a haunted mirror would be scary, but it is. And um, a film that I've seen in the past like two months more times than I've seen since it was released almost 10 years ago, the Evil Dead remake, who is available on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty solid uh, remake of... of uh, a beloved franchise yeah no strong very strong probably one of the best remakes of the past 20 30, 20 years or so uh yeah what else i think there's a bunch of carpenter on shutter mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. as well which is always worth your time and uh yeah i got man shutter's been knocking out of the park for a while now yeah shutter's gotten a lot better it's really starting to get solid found their footing and it they premiered that new argento film which i did not get to see mm-hmm. but i think it actually will have a regular streaming appearance there i think in a week or two okay um so i'm excited to check that out and there is some uh argento there and i think uh there's some or maybe it's just uh house by the cemetery which is a weird little horror film by uh, fulci which is on criterion as part of its 80s merit or 80s collection mm-hmm. it has bob the little kid who talks like he's 30 <laughs> but um it's just a crazy little film. I've always loved House by the Cemetery, so you can check that out there too. Good stuff. So we've given you a few things to fill up some of your uh, Halloween times. What would you recommend people watch this spooky season? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what are we going to be talking about next? All right, so we have another slash uh, go around here. We have Amsterdam as well as the new Hellraiser film. That is coming out um, on Hulu. And then I believe we're checking up with the werewolf as a symbolism for, as a a metaphor for uh, puberty in Ginger Snaps. Have you ever seen Ginger Snaps? I've never seen it. It's a Canadian film, right? Mm -hmm. But it has a fairly strong cult following. Yeah, it does. So I'm excited to check it out. Okay. Be interested in your take. Sounds like a fun show. You'll have to come back next week. So in the meantime, you can check us out on uh, thefirstrun.com. Archives of all the old shows, see the report card, and more. Do uh, uh, Head over to Apple Podcasts as well. Give us a review to help other people find the show. You can also find us on uh, 
YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, do a search for the first run and scroll, scroll, scroll. You like how I, I mixed up the order that time just to try and keep Matt on his toes. I was wondering if you noticed. In the meantime, uh, we're going to go ahead and take an extended break. Stay tuned for the full Matt You Can Hang Up. I'm not going to make you hang on for three minutes unless you want to hear the whole version. <laughs> but um, that's it. So we're going to take care of yourselves. We love you very much. And we'll see you soon. Tail pop.